0: Well the years between 9 and 12 are a rapid period of development for any young person and they can be quite a tricky time. Not quite a child, not yet a teenager, the tweens can be tough to navigate for both youngsters and their parents. Michelle Mitchell is an educator, author and award-winning speaker whose most recent book is all about tweens. She says before the full pressures of high school hits, parents have a window of opportunity that can change the trajectory of adolescence and beyond. She's with us I think from Sydney, are you Michelle? Welcome.
1: Hello, Catherine. I'm actually from Brisbane and it's a delight
0: to speak to you. Great, great. Now, it's a period of very rapid development. Uh, perhaps the next quickest uh, to toddlerhood, yeah?
1: that's exactly right and we haven't known that much about the tween brain we focused a lot of in the early years and then in the teenage years but the murdoch children's research institute has done some really groundbreaking research in this area and we now know that this period of growth is 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 second to none it's a such an important time and it's no wonder a lot of parents are feeling exhausted and drained by it because there's so much happening What is happening developmentally, physically, for 9 to 12 year olds? So the changes are happening, not just on a biological level, I think so often we think about these years in terms of puberty, but they're changing socially, emotionally, cognitively, and sexually, which is a big shock to a lot of parents as well, that all these changes are happening at once and they're happening in such a life altering way. So think about a tree in spring that is expanding and growing uh, as quickly as it possibly can. Uh, let's get a little bit more
0: specific we know for example that girls are beginning menstruation younger and younger some as young as nine and certainly uh, many well before their twins. Um so there's the physiological changes happening let's stay with that and then we'll talk about the emotional uh, and um, uh, cognitive as well but physically can there be quite a diversity apart from anything else what's what's happening Absolutely. across all these areas That's actually true.
1: It's a really, really good point. It's diversity that really distinguishes this age group. We've often seen puberty as this unitary event that happens somewhere between sort of 11 and 12. But we now know that there's this cascade of emotional changes that happen as early as eight and nine. So sometimes parents are looking and seeing these almost teenager moves quite early in their kids' lives. They they might experience a few more mood swings or the door slamming. And it really is because internally things are on the move. So I think it really helps for parents to see puberty as, as not just a single event, but it's something that really builds over time. And let's talk about the cognitive, actually,
0: because... Um... They can get a bit lippier. They get they get a bit smarter. They're they're, they're getting more and more skills in terms of their uh, um, uh, language development, and they're beginning to form opinions. And again, that can vary enormously depending on where they're at developmentally um, individually.
1: Absolutely, and our boys are about eighteen months behind our girls. So we'll notice our girls' language development at lightning speeds, and sometimes our boys are just really quite content with one word answers and and. Able to accept information as just information, without being able to, you know, being able to dissect it and compare it to what their friends, families are doing and what they've seen on the news. That's when we really know things are on the on the move. When they get in the car at the end of the day, and they're really cross referencing information and they're almost taking their parents out of the picture. They're trying to put the pieces together by themselves. That can be really scary for parents because they're starting to make up their mind about things that can be well beyond their years. I think a big message in this book is that tweens are not the new teenagers. Despite the issues that they're facing, they really still need so much more of our guidance, even though they're dipping their toe into this almost teenager area. So cognitively, Catherine, they're moving from being very concrete and rigid and literal and accepting what we say to wanting to think on their own and, and draw their own conclusions about things. Let's talk about the work that you've
0: done from a recent survey. More than 2,000 parents and tweens. That's a massive undertaking. And can we talk through uh, some of the practical things then happening in their lives um, uh, emotionally? Shall we start with friendship issues? Uh, Because, again, similar but different to what will happen um, when they're that little bit
1: older. What's beginning to happen in the nature of those relationships? I think because there is so much diversity think kids are quite confused sometimes the friend that they once ha- had can be changing so quickly um, their interests can be changing um, even the way they appear and maybe even the way they talk about you know romance can be changing and it can divide a wedge between kids and I think transitions in this age group are such a big part of it but it brings a lot of grief into kids lives I think one mum said it so beautifully like this she said a Eleven is not what I expected. Eleven is hard. We have a lot of tears in our house and kids are just adapting to the amount of adapting that everyone's doing around them. And, and they just don't have the skills to cope with it yet. And they're very much looking for adults to give them practical, tangible strategies to help them get through the day. Are they getting clicky,
0: particularly clicky at this age as well, potentially? Again, huge variation, but as potentially that's
1: what's starting to happen. I think they tend to get quite insecure because they're starting to think where do I belong and if I don't hold on tight to my friendships, I could be left here. So it's like they're not comfortable with their transition yet. They're not comfortable with sharing themselves around. They probably don't even feel like they have enough of the skills that they need to make conversations with people that they don't know. I mean, you know how awkward they can be talking to new people at that age. So it's a huge stretch for them. How do you
0: talk to them then at an age-appropriate level, about mm-hmm. the kinds of issues that again we might associate um, with older kids, but that are already underway, well and truly for them. What are the conversations you have with them that you might that will be different to what you have with your thirteen or your fourteen-year-old?
1: yeah and this is the way i approach it with this age group i i try to get them to tune into their internal voice first because they so often look to adults by default and trust our voice rather than their own yet they are in situations where they're having to make these decisions on their own um, and they need to feel confident to be able to do that what i sometimes do is give them a list of say 10 friendship principles and I get them to learn those and talk through those with them. But every time they have a friendship drama, I'll get them to say, which principle would you use? And I'll give you some of the principles. Like one of them is simply space solves most things. Uh, Another one is let's leave margin for error. Uh, Another one is drop the rope. And it's little things like that that give them, tools and strategies yet they're in the driver's seat of making the decision on how to respond and i think that's where that's where the big key is is helping empower them to make those decisions because they're stepping into the time and age where they're going to need to sibling rivalry what's happening in family
0: relationships around this time as well you're a bit of a price taker probably up to this age but can it change around now (laughs)
1: Yeah, especially for the eldest, I think. They they know they're changing, they know they're growing, they know they're becoming a lot more demanding in some ways, and they know they're needing their parents' attention. And when our kids start to act out, it's often because they're not seeing themselves in our diary, you know, and they need a little more piece of our time. I think the biggest thing with sibling rivalry is for our kids to understand that we couldn't love any one of them more, but that has to look Um, practical and tangible in their life, they have to actually see the evidence of that. And that can be really stretching for mums who've got young babies or toddlers who are demanding, or even older siblings who are starting to, you know, need to be driven around to parties and sports and friends' houses. So it's easy to neglect kids at this age, because they are a little bit more easygoing. And it often surfaces in a bit of jealousy and, 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 you know, rivalry at home.
0: We're starting to see body image concerns emerging around this time and some as well.
1: Yeah, it's real. And, you know, it's a great way to describe it is just that confidence crisis. And because their body is feeling and changing and it's becoming obvious to them that things are on the move, it can always be expressed through their body image so often. Look, there's a lot of talk about concern about body image in this age group with boys as well as girls. So I think we need to be really mindful of that. There's a certain piece of this I want to normalize though. There's not many of us that grew up just loving every part of our body. And I think it's unrealistic to expect that. But I like to talk to kids about um, looking after what they've got, and loving what they do have. It's so easy for them to fall into a comparison trap because, you know, their friends, you know, got curves and they don't or, you know, their friends, you know, developing some muscles and their legs still look like twigs. Um, But the reality is if they can learn to love what they do have and appreciate what they do have, they're going to get through some of those bumps a bit easier. And us modelling a love for our body is obviously hugely important and influential because they are so, responsive and adaptive and open to our influence at this age.
0: They're also becoming more alert to the external noise around them, and I'm sure this is why you are uh, seeing some of the body image and other um, influences coming in. The, you know younger children just live in their world but again because of what's happening cognitively in communication skills, they're taking a lot more in. And so let's get to the the elephant in the room. What do you do managing their desire? I want I want, I want a cell phone I want this and uh, and that in um, some kids anyway, that surge of interest in, in uh,
1: devices. That's right. Now, curiosity is heightened across the board at this age. So if we can talk about, you know, there's curiosity, you know, cognitively, they're wanting to learn different things and they're intrigued by new words and, you know, like they get obsessed with interests, but it's also sexually as well. So when they have a device in their hand, the risk is high. Um, I was in a classroom full of 30 kids not long ago and 15 out of 30 lined up afterwards to speak to me because they felt like they'd seen something unsafe online that they wanted to check in with an adult about. And so this is a time when kids don't have that supervision online, that it is really high risk. And they can go down rabbit holes when they hear a word and they don't know what that word means, or they're having some dark feelings and they can sort of gravitate to you know some type of image or community online that might validate that. So it, it's not that age that they need to be on devices without supervision they might appear all grown up and they are going to be pushing hard to be teenagers but they're not teenagers they're far from it and i think we need to see this as a real switch point in kids lives especially with their mental health they've got the potential to be switched on to their potential or they've also got the potential to, for some of those kind of really negative influences to take hold. This um, is really so- interesting because this is almost like
0: an early intervention for what you fear you'll be dealing with later and actually may appear later. But what you do now will help mitigate that,
1: Yeah. and if you can think about, we talked about the tree expanding quickly and then being so moldable like plasticine, even more so than those teenage years whatever imprints on them now is a really big deal and i say to parents if you're in the position to set up technology really well now to last the rockiest of the teenage years you need to seize that with both hands don't say yes too quickly when they're you know just interested in posting their you know new new toy or their new shoes or you know a, a cute selfie because you add a boyfriend to that and a, you know a few more friends that are uh, you know a little outside of the box of what you prefer, that thing can become your greatest nightmare. So delay it as long as possible but when you do set it up, do it well and make sure you stay in charge of what's going on. Stay in charge is a a big measure.
0: It's It it remains actually for the teens as well but at this stage don't be, don't misread behaviours as being a call for any or or a, a A trigger for any sort of reduction in boundaries almost quite the reverse and finally as succinctly as you can Michelle and I appreciate I'm asking a big thing here um, coming from your survey the tweens want more privacy now this is problematic because at one level you want to respect it and it might be part of the development but the other it's complicating what we've just been talking about right which was keeping an eye on what's what's happening
1: yeah if I can be really succinct Catherine it's hell no you know like (laughs) Like, they're kids. They're, they're, they're not in the place where they have the maturity or the cognitive skills to handle that level of privacy. And so I think um, there's a safety that comes with us stepping up and just remaining in that place where we're very protective of them. Um, so I, I'd say that, like, they're always going to want more. There We are always going to disagree about screens with kids. Like, that's just reality. And I think remaining in that place where we're a protective parent is so important. In at this age. Michelle, thank you for your time. What's the title of your book, please? The latest one. It's called twins What Kids
0: Need Now Before the Teenage Years. Fabulous. Michelle Mitchell, thank you very much.